Last week and this week, uh, we're hitting on this topic uh, that God's grace is enough for you. That whatever is going on in your life, uh, God, as believers, God has provided for us everything we need. And last week, we talked about how uh, we have all that we need to live a godly life. You know, that God calls us to live a life that um, where we're following Jesus and wanting to do his will. And we talked about how he's made provision for all believers to, to carry out his will. It's not impossible. It's, it's, uh, uh, following Jesus is not easy, for sure. But uh, it's, it's something that where God has given us, um, in, in a sense, I guess you could say, the resources, the spiritual resources to do his will. And so we covered that last week. And today what we're going to talk about is basically just that uh, he's given us all that we need in times of trouble in times of trouble. And so um, we'll spend talking about that. And let me just put a plug in for this. Um, Starting next Sunday, we're going to do a a four-week series uh, on the topic of hope, unshakable hope. And so I just want to say, I mean, I don't know a person in this world, including myself, that doesn't need hope. (laughs) And, but we want people to know that um, in God is our hope. And, um, and so we're going to hit hope on some different angles for four weeks. And so not only I think will it be encouraging to all of us to hear God's word on that subject, but I can't imagine a person in your life that doesn't need to hear about hope, hope in God. And so um, would you consider inviting someone, inviting a friend uh, to, uh, to hear what God's word says about the hope that he has for us? So let's, let's go to uh, prayer here one more time. Uh, before we jump into the passage this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that your word is not just, uh, you know, words on a page. It's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, as it says in the book of Hebrews. It's able to divide the soul and the spirit. And uh, it cuts to the quick, if you will. Um, you speak to our hearts through your word. And so, Lord, we just want to ask this morning that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you would um, have your way, if you will, in our lives. Lord, help us to, uh, regardless of how the week has gone, uh, to, Lord, help us to um, focus on you this morning, uh, the distractions that maybe we came in here with. Lord, just help us, help us to, to lay those down. And um, Lord, we just pray that you would even bind the enemy from influencing uh, in any way our time this morning and help us to hear from you. Lord, we don't want to forget, too, to to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, our church family members, uh, those in our lives that are struggling. Uh, Maybe they're battling disease, they're sick. Lord, we just pray for your healing power to be on their lives. And Lord, I pray that you would help those who are maybe uh, wandering, uh, who are departing from your ways. Lord, we just pray that you would, um, you would, uh, let the great shepherd just uh, go after them, Lord, and bring them back. So Lord, we, we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Um, our text this morning is from the book of Habakkuk. Um, when's the last time you read Habakkuk? It's 
probably been a long time, maybe never. Uh, it's one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And um, if you're not familiar, minor doesn't mean that it's less important. It's just smaller in size than some of the other ones, like Isaiah, right, Jeremiah. Uh, larger, they're, they're larger in length, right? And so, um, but Habakkuk, I, I was interesting when I doing some research here this week, I, I ran across something that Chuck Swindoll said, he's a pastor in Texas, and he was asked, he decided that when he was preaching on Habakkuk, he would go around and ask every person he ran into, what's, what's a Habakkuk? He'd ask, like, what's a Habakkuk? And uh, one of the funniest things that some person came up with is, I think it's a disease of the back. It's a disease of Habakkuk. You know, they thought it was a disease because they just like, what's Habakkuk? So, so many people don't know about the book. But you know what? Habakkuk is a very interesting book of the Bible. It's, uh, it's the only prophet that I know of uh, that doesn't actually speak directly to God's people. It's a dialogue between him and God. Uh, he's talking to God and God's talking back. And and through the process, um, Habakkuk gets a change in perspective. Okay, he gets a change in perspective. And really, many times when we're going through difficult times and times of trouble, that's exactly what we need. We need a little of God's perspective to help us, um, to help us remain faithful, to help us endure, right, uh, to get God's perspective. And so uh, this morning, We'll be reading out of Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. I'll just read those for you. It's, it's, and I'm going to catch us up here because we're kind of diving in here in the third chapter out of 3. Okay, but, but here's, here's where in verse 16 it says, um, and this is Habakkuk speaking. He says, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take my joy in the God of my salvation." God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Somebody didn't pay their electric bill right here. You see the flashing light? <laughs> is it you? Okay. I'm teasing. Oh, it's, that, it's okay. It's the power. Yeah, there we go. Well, isn't it interesting, um, this passage here, he starts off, in verse 16, and he says, um, he says, yet I will wait quietly for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. What's that all about? Well, uh, so what is happening is at this time in the history of God's people, God's people, uh, many of them have departed from God's ways and incorporated ways into their lives that are not in alignment with his will or his word. Um, idolatry not being, you know, the least of, of those. But 
And so his people were departing, and all kinds of injustices were being committed against uh, one another. Um, and so all this stuff is happening, and God has told his prophets that what's going to happen is, because my people have departed, they need my discipline so they'll return to me. And so part of that discipline is actually going to come by the way of an evil nation, Babylon or the Chaldeans, as you may have heard of them called before. And so this, uh, Bab- the Babylonians were a new uh, rising power on the scene at this time. And so uh, what's, what's going to happen is God's going to send the Babylonians to take God's people into captivity and take them off somewhere to a foreign land. And the whole reason was because God loved his people. And he's like, you know, like any good parent, they're going to lovingly discipline their children when they're erring and going off. And so... um. This is, a, this is kind of tough news to hear, right? And God's saying, listen, I'm going to send these wicked, evil, this wicked, evil nation. They're going to come in, and they're going to conquer you guys, and they're going to take some of you away. But there will be a day when that nation will be judged. And so when you, you hear Habakkuk say these words, I, I will wait uh, quietly for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about this time. He says, I'm going to wait. I will wait for all this to happen. But what you need to know is that before this, uh, in the opening chapter uh, of Habakkuk, we need to kind of see where Habakkuk kind of starts off because as he is knowing that the times of trouble are coming, actually, the times of trouble are there, okay, but it's going to get worse. And as he's encountering this, I think there's some things we can learn in this book, and particularly, and we'll, we'll land on these few verses in chapter 3, but we need to see some other things that are happening that will help us too when we're going through times of trouble. And the first thing is, Um, And that we'll see here in uh, the opening chapter, in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Let's take a look at what he has to say um, and and what he's, he's, he's basically crying out to God. He's being honest with God about how he's feeling about the things that are going on. So let's take a look here in verse 1, Habakkuk 1, 1. It says, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw, Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth, for the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Can you hear the frustration there? He's crying out to God. He's like, you know, it's what's going on here? It's not right. 
And he's having this, uh, telling God, how long is this going to go on? Um, How long, Lord, will you not hear my cry? And so he's not feeling hurt. Or actually, you know, if you think about it, he's, he's feeling like God's not doing anything. Ever been in that spot where things are happening in your life and you're praying and you're crying out to God and you just feel like God's not doing anything? Um, well, if you've never felt that way, then you're probably not breathing. Um, you know, because if you haven't been there, you probably will be there, where you're just feeling like, what is going on, God? How could you let all these things happen? And so I think that, you know, again, what we see here in the in the, the chapter 1 and chapter 2 is just back and forth, just a couple of times, between Habakkuk and God. And Habakkuk is just pouring out his heart to God. He's, and I think that this is something that, you know, the Christian that we should be familiar with, or we should at least see that this is, should be a familiar thing to us, that things happen in our lives and, and we cry out to God about it. We tell him what's on our heart. I mean, you know, he's just, Habakkuk is trying to make sense of his life. He's trying to make sense of what's happening in his country. He's trying to make sense of what's happening in his own life around him. And so um, we see in the New Testament, we see many invitations of the Lord inviting us to come into his presence and pray. Right? I think about Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. That says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. You know, um, I don't know what your upbringing is when you think about God. But the God of the Bible, the real God, is a God of grace. Yes, he does discipline, but he is gracious, right? Don't we learn that Jesus Christ himself says, in John 1.14, he is full of grace and truth, right? He doesn't shade on the truth, but he is full of grace. And the God of grace asks us uh, to come with confidence. All believers, now there's nothing, there's nothing uh, that's preventing you from coming into the presence of God in prayer as a believer because you actually have a relationship with God, right? We're not born into this world with a relationship with God. It's our sin that separates us from God. We don't have it, but we have to enter into a relationship with Him. And all that we talked about in communion about Christ and what He did on the cross was so that we could He could make a way for us, the way to uh, have a relationship with God. But once we have that, right, as we enter into uh, times of trouble or trials in our lives, um, you know, that communication with God we should be crying out to him and, 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 you know, just being honest. Habakkuk was. God can take it. Now, you know, we don't want to be irreverent with God. If we are, he'll take care of that. I'm confident, okay? Um, I mean, just, I mean, I mean that in a good way, right? I mean, sometimes we, you know, we get angry. Sometimes it's an inappropriate anger, and we can't do that with God. But um, if you're one of his children, I think he's going to be faithful to help you see your attitude isn't right or your heart's not right towards God in your questioning, okay? 
But Habakkuk was questioning. He's like, I don't see anything happening here. I don't understand how you're letting this go on. And so I think it's important to get a basic staple in the Christian life is our prayer life, right? It's talking to God. And, um, and so, you know, most people, I think, find themselves in prayer when times are tough. So that's probably not a difficulty if you find yourself having, uh, going through some really tough times right now, that that would draw you to God. Hopefully it doesn't turn you away from God, right? And I pray that if, if you've had a hard time with that, maybe because of a sustained difficulty, Maybe you've become angry with God. And I just pray that he would let you know that he's there. He hasn't moved. Okay? He may appear silent, but he is still there. So now the other thing that's interesting to note is, so right after this verse here, so God's going to respond to Habakkuk's outcry. And Basically, what God wants us to know and wants Habakkuk to know is, I'm working even though you can't see how I'm working. And we even sing a song like that, don't we? How does it go, Charlie? Yeah, even when I can't see it, you're working. Yeah, that's like the chorus or whatever. Yeah, that's a good, it's a truth, right? We, We may not see it, but God is working. And I think that's, Something you've got to you've got to put some deep roots into that truth. That needs to be your anchor when uh, you know all hell's breaking loose in your life, so to speak. When it when it's just unbearable for you, your roots have to go deep in God. Okay, and that's you know it's it's so important I think for us to have a proper understanding of suffering, right? And I'm, I'm not planning on giving that to you at this moment, but you don't want you want you don't want to wait until you're there to have a proper view of suffering and how God uses it and what it's all about. Okay. Um, but in this situation, let's take a look here at uh, at verse five. So right after verses one to four in chapter one, when Habakkuk is 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 crying out to God. And here's what God says. The very first words he says, look among the nations. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. In other words, I'm doing some amazing things you don't know anything about through this whole thing. And, you know, for many of us, with what we're going through, that's what you've got to hang on to. You've got to hang on to the truth that God is working in ways you can't see, but know that He's doing it, right? Um, And, you know, many times we, we go to, and I think appropriately, right, we go to Romans 8.28. You know, God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purposes, right? He's, he's working it out for good, and, and we don't always see 
how that works out for good. Okay. By the way, I would encourage you, if, if this topic of, you know, just having a hard time, you're going through difficult times and you don't see the good in it, I would encourage you to, to study out the life of Joseph in the Bible. Right, starting in, um, you know, somewhere around Genesis 39-ish, right? Read in there and you'll, you'll see how all these hang, things happening to Joseph um, and how God was working it all in a grand plan. It's amazing. It's encouraging. And so, um, so just, just encourage you to check that out. Uh, but but here we have the Lord's word. He's just saying, listen, I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. So, you have to take that on faith, right? Because <laughs> you can't see it. Like it, It's assuming that we can't see it or else there wouldn't be a complaint, right? If we could see God working it all out, you know, Habakkuk wouldn't be complaining. But he can't see it, but God's saying, listen, I am doing something. You know, um, again, the Scriptures uh, not only are a guidebook, how God reveals, you know, how, how we understand how, who God is and how, what are her, His ways like, but but also they're there for our encouragement. Right? So we, when we see some of these stories, you know, true, and I say stories, I mean true stories, okay? Um, they're meant to encourage us also. Because think about this. Think about the the situation, some of the situations in the Old Testament where people couldn't see how God was working. For example. Even when Abraham and Sarah couldn't get pregnant, God was still working. He was still working. You know, even when Abe took it into his own hands, right? Tried to make things happen. And even when Jacob feared the reunion with his brother Esau, God was still working. Uh, Even when Joseph was sold by his brothers and then falsely accused, God was still working. Even when Pharaoh oppressed the Israelites and tried to weaken them through killing all the newborn baby boys, God was still working. We can't forget that. Those are there for our encouragement. You know, because we read those stories after the fact. Right? We see the fulfillment. We see from the scriptures how God used those situations and how he was working in their lives. And so when that happens, I don't know about you, but it, it, it helps my faith. Because what God, of course, you know, Habakkuk was hearing directly from God. And he's saying, I am working. You need to trust me. In fact, if you knew what I was doing, it'd blow your mind. You know, that's essentially what he's saying. Now, in... Um, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, listen to what um, happens here. It says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous righteous shall live by faith. 
We hear that phrase a number of times in the New Testament, right? The righteous shall live by faith, right? Uh, talking about salvation, right? That's how we, we enter into save, you know, to, to be saved is the righteous will live by faith. It's by faith. It's not by works, right? Well, but also the righteous just live their lives by faith, <laughs> right? It's like, I not only trust Jesus as my Savior, but I'm trusting God that he is working things out somehow. Maybe not the way I want the outcome to be. Maybe not in the time that I wish it would be done in. But we have to know. We have to hang on to this. And this is faith, right? This is a, this is a fight of faith when troubling times come. And especially, I would say, those that hang on for a long time. Galatians 2.20, just speaking that we're called to live a life of faith as believers, right? It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's what we've been talking about, the Holy Spirit living in us, this Christ in us, right? And uh, it says, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. You know, it's basically the now, the life I'm now living as a believer. When I when I accept Christ, the it's it's no longer my life; it's His, right? I've been bought with a price, uh, using just the way the Scripture describes it, right? It's a, it's the exchange life. Christ died for us, right? In our place, His righteousness has been put to our account. But because of that, you know, I'm no longer my own. That I am, I am, you know, to, as it says here, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I now live in the flesh by faith. By faith. And that's, that's what it is. When God told Habakkuk here, I am working. You just can't see it. You need to have faith in that. You need to know that I am. Now, so we have to anchor our soul in that, that truth. It's also good to know this. Some of us just try to figure everything out. How could God possibly use this thing that's going on in my life? Right? How could he, how could he use this terrible thing? And you know what you have to do? At least one of the things you have to do is you have to claim you're ignorant. We have to, we have to by God's grace, eat our humble pie. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 may be familiar to some of you. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I mean, we just have to remember that. Again, it's okay to cry out to God and tell Him you don't get it, okay? Tell the Lord what's on your mind and on your heart. But you have to do, you do have to resolve at some point and put your faith deep in the roots of the fact that He is working and you don't have to understand it. 
But you do have to understand the God that you have faith in. Because knowing Him, right, and, and growing in our knowledge of Him and His ways helps us have confidence. Just like, you know, in one sense, you put it on a smaller level, just in friendships, right? The more you know someone, the longer you've known them and the deeper you've known them, there's a trust there because you know who they are. Right? In a much greater way, it's the same with God. The more we grow in our knowledge of Him and our understanding of Him, the more we want to say, okay, Lord, I'm taking your word on that. I don't see it out here in, in, re, in my reality, but what I'm seeing is not all that's happening. And I have to know that, God, and I trust you in that. And just, just, that, just that truth that, you know, his, his ways are higher than our ways. We don't understand all these things. But if you do sink your roots deep in who God is, that he, is, he loves you and he always is doing the thing that's best for you and he's, he's, he, uh, he's, he's constantly um, uh, he, he's working things out so that people will come to know him as well through your life. I like this Philippians 2:13 also says for God for it is God who works in you. Isn't it good to know that God's working in you as a Christian? Yeah, he's just working all the time. Right? He's working all the time in us, in our hearts, right? Wanting us to be more and more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and his character. He's working that all the time. But he says, for it is God who, who works in you both to will and to work for your good pleasure. That's not what the Bible says. Here's what it says. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So you see, God's agenda and what he's doing Right? It's always, whatever he's doing in our life is always for his glory. Okay? Again, even though we can't see it, he's working. And by faith, we believe that. Okay? And it is a fight of faith. Let's, let's not sugarcoat it. It's hard. Depending on the level of pain you're experiencing and the trouble you find yourself in, it's hard. But rest assured, you're a Christian, the Lord is with you. And rest assured, He is working things. He's got a plan, He's working it, and it is for His good pleasure. But we can't forget that. But so, you know, God's, again, we're not reading the entire three chapters here, but we're getting glimpses of what's happening, what has brought Habakkuk to this point of crying out to God, and then, and then what God's at least initial response here is. And so this brings us to the last thing I want to mention where we really kind of hone in on those few verses in Habakkuk 3, and that is that we have to rely on the grace of God. Uh, You've got to rely on the grace of God to strengthen you. Right? In troubling times, that's what you have. You've got to lean into God. 
Maybe a strange phrase, but you've got to, got to lean in there. You've got to seek Him. We talked about this last week. You know, seek the Lord. He loves people to seek Him, to come after Him. Where we want Him. And so, now, let's just remind ourselves here of these verses in uh, Habakkuk 3.17 and on here. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Okay, in an ancient world, This is not a good day. It's not even a good year. This is terrible. Uh, This spells out famine and death because you got no food. Right? We can go down to the local Walmart or, or whatever the grocery you go to. I mean, you can get what you want. But it wasn't like that then, right? If there is no crop, if there is no herd, You're going to die. But here, here Habakkuk has come a long way in the course of his dialogue with God. We're in the third and final chapter. And Habakkuk is saying, even though all this would happen, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in my circumstances. That's not what it says. Because don't we do tend to get joy from our circumstances? Hey, it's okay to, to be thankful for the things, good things that are happening in your life, but we tend to think of those good things as being, you know, we have a different scale. But what Habakkuk was saying is, I'm going to find my joy in God. I'm going to rejoice in God because He is the constant. All this is happening in my life, and in His case, to their nation and everything. He's like, I got no control over that. God is working what He's working. And it is for His good purposes. And it is ultimately, we know in that case, for the good of His people. They needed to endure this to be brought back to God. But he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. In verse 19, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Do you see that? It's all about, he's just got his focus on God. He's like, I just got to throw myself into God. I've got to hang on to him. My relationship with him is the thing that's going to get me through. Not the things that are happening around me. Not even the things that are happening to me. And that was what his hope was in. That's how he could rejoice. It was a choice too. Did you see that? Though all this happened, though, though, though this happened, though that happened, he says, yet I will. That's a decision isn't it? Yet I will rejoice. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. We have to, 
by the grace of God, decide to put our hope in him, to rejoice in him. I, um, if I can find this. So, um, there's a song. Okay, you know, I I have weird choices in Christian music sometimes. Um, I'm all over the map, okay? Like, this week, I remembered a song that resonated with me some time ago. And it's a, how many people have heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? It's not the Mormon tabernacle, right? It's the Brooklyn tabernacle, right? Well, so they sing, you know, a lot of choral music and stuff. Well, they have this song. It's called, I Never Lost My Praise. I Never Lost My Praise. Listen to some of the words of this. I'm not going to sing it, for heaven's sakes. Okay. <laughs> but you should hear the lady that can sing the song. It's amazing. It said, I've, I lost some good friends along life's way. Some loved ones departed in heaven to stay. But thank God I didn't lose everything. I lost faith in people who said they care. In the time of my crisis, they were never there. But in my disappointment, in my season of pain, one thing never wavered, one thing never changed. And then she says, I never lost my hope. I never lost my joy. I never lost my faith. But most of all, I never lost my praise. I never lost my praise. And there's a couple more verses, but just the thing that strikes me is like it was a decision. She's like, I'm going to praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm going to keep singing his songs, even though I've had all this pain. Because my hope's in him. My joy is in him. Does that make sense? I mean, in reality, it's a fight. I totally get it. I'm not saying like you just flip the switch and boom, woo, we're in joy land. But it is a decision, though. If we just, you know, just, and then maybe for you, maybe you don't like to sing along with music. I don't know. But for me, that's what does it for me. I sing along with Christian songs that resonate with my soul in what I'm going through. And this was one of them. And it just it just speaks truth in a different way. And so I hope you never lose your praise. You know? I hope if you find yourself in a, a really hard spot right now, that the Lord, you'd lean into the Lord and see that his grace is enough for you. He will help you. He is with you. He is doing something that we can't see. I'll leave you with this. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, uh, three times, the Apostle Paul, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. He had a, remember the thorn in the side? He had this issue there. And he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, I, that it should leave me. It's like he prayed, God, take care of this pain in my life. In God's answer, he says, but verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 12, he says, but he said to me, 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, the word that God had for him was like, I'm not going to take that thing away, but what's going to happen is you're going to experience my grace to endure it. You're going to know me in a deeper way, in a way you could not have had I just wiped this problem away. The verse ends, it says, Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Oh, that we would have the power of Christ resting on us in our trouble. And that's going to be found as we admit our weakness to God. Right? Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in our weakness this morning. Lord, we admit that uh, there are things going on in our lives that we don't know how you're working anything for good. But Lord, we want to anchor ourselves in the truth. We want to be like the righteous who live by faith and trust you that you are working these things out in ways we couldn't even imagine. Help us to trust you, Lord, that and know, and to, to just know that your ways are higher than our ways, that we can't. Help us to just not spend a lot of energy trying to figure all the whys out, but to trust the who that's behind them, and that's you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you supply all the grace that we need for every trouble we have, every difficulty we encounter. Your grace is sufficient. For that, we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.